Success Beneath the Surface, hosted by Deborah Fell, Managing Partner at Chief Outsiders. Deborah provides insights specifically for CEOs from growth-oriented companies. Thank you, Susan. Ed Valdez, you are a partner and chief marketing officer at Chief Outsiders, serving in fractional CMO roles for both B2B and B2C companies. I know you're metric-driven because we've worked together, voice of the customer-driven. You're focused on artificial intelligence, machine learning as a specialty, although you do a lot of other things. So what I really want to understand is how does someone with an MIT engineering degree become a marketing superstar? That's my first question. And, and in that, please share your story starting from wherever you'd like to start at. But that's what I think a lot of people are going to want to understand. Well, thank you so much, Deborah. It's an honor to be here. And I've enjoyed what you've been publishing so far in your podcast. I'm definitely an avid listener. So, you know, for over 20 years, I've worked with companies ranging from Fortune 500 firms to startups, including one that I helped IPO. And in those roles, they've ranged from VP of marketing to uh, chief operating officer and chief innovation officer. So uh, what you mentioned about my engineering degree, I've actually combined with an MBA that's helped me foster growth for companies who have challenges at the intersection of three things, Uh, the intersection of business, technology, and AI. And some might say, well, AI is a technology. So why do you, why do you set that apart? And I'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, that's really the, the area of my focus. And, and now with the release of chat GPT and other generative AI tools and applications out there, uh, there's a pressing challenges for businesses to understand how should they be applying AI in different ways in their business to help them grow and make things more efficient and effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everywhere. AI, you know, it, it's everywhere. It's like a shiny toy. It, is it a shiny toy? Is is there application for it everywhere? Um, or is it is it something that should be used only when you can't solve your problem with anything else? What's your perspective on that? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I, I got an aha moment back in November, which is when ChatGPT was first introduced. And when I read that they reached 1 million users in five days, mm-hmm. which is 250 times faster than it took Netflix mm-hmm. to reach 1 million users, it took them three and a half years. I said, okay, uh, this is changing the game on how businesses should should use AI, in particular that that tool. Fast forward two months from then, back in January, it reached 100 million users. And so, you know, our population here in the U.S. is is just over 300 million. And so when you have 100 million users, suffice it to say, that is globally, of an AI tool like that, we as CMOs need to help businesses determine how they can best use that in their business. And so I've had the pleasure of working with over 10 different clients in the last couple of years, helping them apply uh, AI and machine learning tools at various aspects of their business. There's one business uh, named expert.ai. And for them, they are a natural language processing Mm -hmm. application 
for enterprise companies. And their biggest challenge was how do they position themselves among the noise of all the other NLP, natural language processing companies out there. So what I did is I helped them clarify their brand messaging with a voice of customer survey. We helped uh, then clarify what their communication strategy needed to be. And based on voice of customer inputs, what customers were actually saying were their strengths. We redesigned their website, improved their customer journey, and they morphed from what was called expert systems to expert.ai. And that's just one example of uh, the ways that we can help clients like that. So is there application beyond, I mean, these are some very powerful marketing and customer facing things, but are there applications for AI that you either are involved in or feel that very are very important for businesses to think about? Absolutely. I actually think that if the marketing branch or customer service branch of a business is not leveraging AI in some way to improve what they develop as content, and content can be videos or audios or copywriting, but also in customer service to improve the effectiveness and the satisfaction of their customer experience, then those businesses will eventually be left behind. Why do I say that is because the average lifespan of a S&P 500 was about just over 30 years in the 1990s. Um, fast forward to today and what's projected for 2030, the average expected lifetime of a business is going to only be about 17 years. Why is that? It's because of these advancing technologies that if you don't keep up with them, you become extinct, mm -hmm. uh, you, you get disrupted. So mm -hmm. our philosophy here at, at Chief Outsiders is uh, why don't we use AI to disrupt ourselves mm -hmm. rather than be disrupted from the outside? That makes tons of sense. Now, I think we've jumped right into the business and I want to make sure we're, hmm. we get a little bit more insight about you, Ed, and what perhaps were some pivotal moments across the course of your career that caused you to really focus? Well, first, I want to give a shout out to Don Lee, my, my fellow CMO, who's based just outside of the Detroit area, because uh, about five years ago, he was joining Chief Outsiders, and he was visiting Austin for his onboarding training, mm -hmm. and he gave me a call and said, Ed, I'd like to have a coffee with you, and, and uh, we sat down and chatted, and he said, there's a company called Chief Outsiders that I think you'd be a good fit for. And at that time, I had my own marketing consultancy with a couple of other folks. Mm -hmm. And I learned more about it. And, you know, in 2018, I, at the request and yeah. suggestion of Don, I ended up joining Chief Outsiders thanks to his consult. What's interesting is that I'd been a longtime friend of Don because his law firm, when he was CMO at a very prestigious law firm in Detroit, helped one of my company's IPO from the legal point of view, all the legal terms. And so that's how we got to know each other and kept in touch that way. So I'm definitely grateful for him for establishing my trajectory there, because I think we're all doing the best work we've ever done as a result of our prior experience um, before Chief Outsiders. What really accelerated my growth and adaption of AI into various clients was my first AI client in 2019. It was an industrial AI firm uh, who needed to define who they are and what they do to their key target segments. They didn't know any of that. All industrial companies have big machinery that they run 
for manufacturing or for chemical productions or many other things like that. My industrial CMOs can say a lot more than I can about that since I'm mostly software technology focused. But because they have these big engines and machineries and processes, they also have nodes that are monitoring how they're running and when they fail. And so their software was particularly keen on helping paper processing companies and industrial chemical companies improve their processes, audit, and make predictive alerts so that the right maintenance and improvement of their machinery would prevent the whole manufacturing plant from going down. Yeah. Right. So that's how they were applying AI to processes is uh, to be predictive. Yeah. So after helping them clarify that they, they had just gotten their initial seed funding, that effort helped them land their first flagship company in Canada and their second in the United States. And there was a nice uh, domino effect thereafter because the momentum continued as a result of helping them establish their differentiation, their brand, what kind of experience they wanted to deliver. In, in their customer journey, and therefore their recognition of the ways that they could improve uh, industrial processes for a handful of vertical markets. And so when I saw how incredible AI can be applied to very complex processes like that, I started studying on my own. What's AI all about? What is machine learning part of AI? And how does it all connect so that we can make a difference for businesses? And now it's time for a quick break. CEOs need help growing their companies, but don't always have the time or money to hire a full-time chief marketing officer, CMO, or chief sales officer, CSO, or both. Recruiting a quality full-time executive can take months, not to mention the ongoing cost. In these challenging times, CEOs need battle-tested growth executives who can help companies successfully navigate the uncertain waters. Partner with chief outsider CMOs and CSOs who will function as strategic operators to build and execute your growth engines. And we're back. There are companies today that are not using AI, but certainly it's on everybody's radar screen. I mean, if you were advising, what are key areas that might be worth the investigation? Because as this rises in awareness, it rises in the number of providers of this and that. And it becomes like many other things that we see in marketing. You know, it's a lot of shiny things that are around and none of them are inexpensive and all of them can pose an ROI, but not many actually do. So what might be some of your advice to CEOs and their teams? Well, first of all, AI can be very complicated. And sometimes when we're talking about artificial intelligence, different people mean different things. So if you don't mind, what I'm going to do is I'm going to attempt to define this world of AI in what I hope to be simple terms so that everyone listening to your podcast can understand what we mean by AI and its application to business. Great. All right. So let me give it a whirl. Artificial intelligence is essentially a branch of computer science that develops models and processes that think and act like humans. Uh, It uses software to do that. So that's essentially, we could think of this in a Venn diagram with four circles. The big circle is AI. Within that circle of AI is a discipline called machine learning. And why is it called machine learning? Is because, you know, very, very simply machine learning is a branch of AI 
that learns from data to iterate, improve, and optimize its outputs. That's what machine learning is doing. And that's why when we hear machine learning, we hear about the training data aspect of machine learning because it's using lots of data sets to, to learn. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a subset of AI. Within machine learning is a phase called deep learning. Deep learning is a form of machine learning that uses what's called neural networks to identify more complex patterns and get better outputs in the AI process. What do I mean by a neural network? Well, we all have in our human brains, we have neurons, right? The, the nerves that and nodes that make the connections and helps connect the dots of various things that we see throughout life and throughout business. Well, essentially in deep learning, the software is using software neurons or software nodes to make complex connections and identify patterns where there couldn't be identified before, right? So we have AI at the top, we have machine learning within AI, we have deep learning within machine learning, and finally we come to what many people are using today, and that is generative AI. Generative AI is a form of deep learning, and it's called generative because it generates new content based on existing content, like text, uh, video, audio, and other media, in response to prompts that we give it, right? So we give it prompts and it generates new content based on what we ask the generative AI tool to do. So that's kind of the hierarchy of artificial intelligence, going from AI to machine learning, to deep learning, to generative AI, which so many really, you know, everyday people like us yes. are using to help improve their businesses. You ask what forms, you know, what parts of a business can this be applied to? Well, we mentioned the simple ones like content generation. There can be, you know, from blog articles to marketing collateral, sales collateral, to technical documentation, to website summaries. I, I was working with a CEO out of Dallas who just as a test decided to ask ChatGPT to summarize his website. This is as a result of work that we did for him. Fortunately, the website summary was a crystal clear Wow. Uh, highlight of wow. their positioning in the marketplace, their differentiation and the value that they give to businesses. Were you holding uh, your breath on that one or did yes, you? Yes, I, yeah. <laughs> I was. He surprised me. He didn't tell me he was going to do that. Uh, so that was a good outcome. He did, by the way, compliment. He did the same thing on Chief Outsider's site and he complimented it saying that uh, he thought it was exactly what he understands that we do. So it can be used for analysis. It can be used for content generation. But it can also be used for those folks that are part of a business in, in software engineering. It can be used to debug code. Now, I'm not saying that every business should go in there and put in what potentially could be proprietary code in there, but there are some simple processes that AI allows us to, to do more with less, whether we're in sales, marketing, software engineering, or customer service, these nice opportunities for AI let us do more with less. And I, I got to make one more editorial comment, and that is a lot of folks fear AI, that AI is going to replace us. I think the only thing we have to fear is being replaced by those who learn how to use AI. Every study that we've seen out there, whether it be McKinsey or IBM or IDC says there's going to be a net positive effect for job growth as a result of AI. But then it comes down to a question of this, what's the prioritization in the business? 
is it prioritizing first external involvement to leverage it either at the expense of internal staff mm-hmm. or also about combining expertise from the outside and training for people in the inside. I don't know what yes, and for, for those of your listeners who want to learn more, I, I'll provide this, we'll provide this link in the notes, but Google has been the first one of the big players to publish a set of free courses on generative AI, what it means and how you can use it. Uh, 10 different courses, and they don't take that long to go through each of those segments. So you can find what interests you, dial down, no fee, no registration. You just listen and learn. And that's one of the most remarkable resources I've come across in the past few days. Yeah, just to go back for a minute, on the one hand, because you have an engineering degree, Mm -hmm. that's sort of logically, you have the mind, right, to understand technology, to understand processes and the interactions of things and the intersection of things. Mm -hmm. So on the one hand, it makes total sense that you just learned on your own and then were able to actually take this into your world of clients and, and have huge impact on them. On the other hand, sometimes people in their field of study and expertise are not quick to embrace the total new ways so your engineering degree could have kept you in a box where you might be a resistor or a fighter. So share with me, what's the difference in you that you're open and you're able to just go in and learn it and evolve, if not transform yourself and then go in and tra- help transform the businesses that you're involved in versus sort of sticking to your knitting and resisting? What's different about you? That's an excellent question. And, and it reminds me of one of the Questions were asked as a CMO candidate to join Chief Outsiders or as a Chief Sales Officer candidate to join Chief Outsiders. And that is, how open are we? How inquisitive are we in our approach to things, to business, to life, to uh, you know everyday things? And what I have found within the culture of Chief Outsiders is that there's an incredible, what I call a learning company, a learning culture. And uh, thanks, especially to Chief Learning Officer, that Paige, that uh, was appointed in that role about a year ago or so, she's accelerated our ability to to learn new things. But not everybody's meant to lead the charge for AI or lead the charge for transformative change. And, and that's where a firm like ours can come in, you know, whether it be on the marketing or the sales side. We are meant not to replace anyone that we work with, but to augment the leadership team that's already there. And so... My approach is that every day I wake up and I ask myself, what is one new thing that I can learn today? And so I approach my work every day in that way. And I think it's not only to the benefit of my own well-being and soundness of mind, but it's also for the benefit of of the clients that I work with and the people that I, I hang around. That's really remarkable. I mean, in some ways, that's a perfect end note for this podcast because that's what we want in ourselves. That's what we want. You are the kind of person with that philosophy and approach that we all want to be with and work with. And that's a great approach for a company and its CEO and the executive team and the team, like every new day, what can we learn and how can we then take this into, obviously with some prioritization within the company, 
right. that whole attitude, is that the kind of attitude that a business really should have towards, you know, some of these concepts that you're talking about? And I'll use the top of your pyramid here, AI term. Is that the approach that should be taken to sort of understand, embrace, bring in the right resource, everybody have a chance to learn and apply beta test? Is That feels like I, you're not necessarily saying those words, but that's some my takeaway from what you've been saying. Well, I hear the engineer coming out in you, Deborah. So I think one of the things that we consistently do, either on the chief marketing officer side or the chief sales officer side, is uh, always be testing. And there's a remarkable novelty in that because that's how we learn to walk. That's how we learn to speak. That's how we learn to get past high school, college, et cetera, is by A-B testing. Uh, that's how artificial intelligence is designed to do what it does. It's always testing and training, iterating and improving. And so if we bring that mindset to, to what we do, my take is that those businesses that are standing still are actually moving backwards because all the other businesses around them are trying new things to see what can be done to improve what they do, how they do it, and how they can best serve their clients. I do want to mention one final thing is that I started a five-part series on the CEO's Guide to Growth, and we'll drop a link in the podcast, but there's part one and part two is published. The other parts are still to come. But in those parts, I start what's considered to be a blueprint for growth. And then the pyramid that eat every single business out there, whether you're B2B, B2C, it could be in software or not, what you have to do to differentiate yourselves, leverage voice of customer, scale to grow, and reach the best customer experience that you want to deliver for Absolutely. your client base. And then once you're been through all the other chapters, we'll have you come back and ask, have a discussion about that. Sound okay? That sounds great. Well, Ed, thank you so much. You're amazing. I know that from actually working with you, but I'm even more amazed by our discussion today. So thanks for sharing your story, your experience, and also your advice on these pretty important topics. Well, thank you, Deborah, for having me. Be sure to subscribe in all your favorite podcast apps. Just look for Success Beneath the Surface. Chief Outsiders, part-time growth executives with full-time results.